The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. It's party time here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Welcome to all of you, our power partners. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And the world is star for inspiration. And we're here to feed your soul because everyone wants to identify with stories of possibility, success, and purpose. And we have them right here for you on Star Style. Be the star you are. Expect to be uplifted, encouraged, and inspired because we want to deliver dreams. That's our Goal. The show is produced by Star Style Productions as a positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. And we have a really great show for you today that we hope that you buckle your seatbelts and sit back and, and relax. Because first of all, in our first segment, Heather is going to show us how to be active at any age. And then we are going to have two separate authors in our next two segments. And they both are returning authors from a year ago. Our first author will be John Toker, who is, uh, who well, authored two books, LD Just Means Learning Differently and a novel, Conflicting Sanity. But he'll be with us today to really talk about book mentoring and being a writing coach for all of you who want to kind of have more peace on the planet and write out your thoughts. This would be a good coach. And in segment three, a really fun, I love I love this guy, MI6 secret agent and spy, Matthew Dunn, comes back a full year after his first book release, Spycatcher. Now he has Sentinel. So it's going to be truly, truly fun. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are ninth annual national essay contest, which is sponsored by U.S. Book, U.S. Bank. And for more information, go to btsya.com. This is from Confucius. Excellence does not remain alone. It is sure to attract neighbors. And we hope that we are excellent, right, Heather? Even though it does seem like Mercury is in retrograde, Mm -hmm. not that you and I know what's going on. (laughs) But between the two of us, between last night and today, it's sort of been disaster time. Computers crashing. No phone service, DSL down, 
car problems, tickets. <laughs> tickets. Yes, it's yeah. been that has been really it's been crazy. So hopefully this will be a little bit more positive and get <laughs> and we have to get our motors running here. I also just before Heather starts uh, getting into how she's going to help us, you know, keep active and healthy, is um, I want to remind everyone to bring their plastic bags back to Whole Foods in Lafayette and donate that five cents recycling to Be The Star You Are. And then don't forget to click on Facebook, at, at Facebook, the WFM Lafayette, which is the uh, the Whole Foods in Lafayette. They're going to give Be The Star You Are 25 cents for every click. So, if you are hooked into me with LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, you'll see me promoting that. So how can we stay active forever? I mean, as we get older, our bodies change. We don't bounce back from injuries as quickly as we might have when we were kids or teens. But exercise does help us stay mobile and agile. Now, Heather, I read that just doing a few simple actions like three times a week can cut our risk or injury. What are some of the tips that you have, some ways to avoid getting injuries, to exercise, and to be healthy? No, but the first thing I always like to touch on is, again, everything, you know, as you're saying, our bodies don't bounce back the way they used to. You know, when we're in our 40s and 50s, we can't be, you know, our bones are differently. Our joints hurt. We're sore in the morning. We can't be doing, you know, we always say, like, oh, God, you know, well, when I was this age, they used to be so much more flexible. Then something I always like to touch on is if you want to age gracefully, if you want to age um, with ease and keep healthy, it's to start from the beginning. And, and there's never, um, never too late of time to start. And if you have kids, grandkids, nephews, whatever it may be, um, start early and and try. If you're trying to teach some um, exercise and health tips to others. Start, you know, maybe joining on it too. We always talk about how we want our kids to exercise and eat healthy, but make sure we want to be the best role model for them and the role model for ourselves. So it's something I always like that eight to ten glasses of water a day, getting 30 minutes of exercise. But when we say exercise, that doesn't mean a lot of times um, people think the gym and some people just don't want to be stagnant inside. There's so many ways. You can be out gardening, um, you know, walking with the kids, housework. Just write down the little journal, these little things, just getting up and being physically active. Um, some of the other things, too, you know, about different exercises, a big thing is always to focus on your core. That's, you know, the center, your middle. And a lot of times when people gain weight, it goes, it's right in that belly fat. And that's usually the most to get rid of. I'm I glad you're talking about the core, Heather, because, and I know you'll give us the information, but I realize that the muscles in our core really attach to all the rest of the muscles. They're kind of pivotal, right, for everything in our body. And if we don't have a sturdy core, then we're going to get strained even doing the simplest things. Exactly. And something, you know, and it really, I think a lot of people underestimate, you know, the, the core, you know, the to get to the core of all things, um, how in yoga there was big about posture and, and how, you know, that strength training, that it can actually, you know, help you with any back problems and make you taller and leaner, it really starts in the core, and that's something, you know, it's going to help stabilize your whole body. You'll have better posture. You'll have less aches and pains when your core is strong. Um, that way, you know, you're not lifting from other parts 
of your body. And that's something too, as we talked about, you know, how we get all these aches and pains in our, in our lower back. A lot of people get sciatica. But focus on your core, not, and that's not sit-ups or anything like that. A lot of things you can do plank positions. I actually just started, I used to be a big gym rat, which I still love the gym, but I thought, um, there is a exercise coach named Sean Tease. He does these, you might see the infomercials for insanity. Well, I, that just seems too insane for me, but I bought this hip hop body core workout. I feel like I that sounds really, really fun. It, but by the end of 30 minutes, I'm laughing, I'm sweating, and I'm really starting to feel results. And it's fun. And, you know, a lot of people have mixed reviews if exercise should be fun or not. I think it's, you know, I think a big thing what makes you want to do more is be getting a workout business enjoying it, that you want to continue um, to do it. This is our bodies are different at the end. I'm even finding some of the moves, you know, bouncing up and down hurts certain parts of my, my joints. And that's from, you know, as we're younger, you know, we do have that ability to bounce back. And a lot of times we push ourselves way too far. So be aware, you know, and we've talked about this before, be aware there's a difference between working out and, you know, feeling the burn, um, the kind of that pain of, ooh, I had a good workout, or if I'm really in pain. If something, you know, not just muscle pain, if something feels, you know, bone or ligament, you don't want to continue to stretch it because, like all things, you stretch that rubber band too far, it's going to break, it's going to hurt, you're going to seriously injure yourself. And instead of being out for a day, you're going to be out for a couple weeks. Um, so really, you know, listen to your body and, you know, talk to your doctor again. If, if you're getting to an older age, talk to your doctor before starting any, you know, different kind of diet or exercise regimen um, because it could be something that's harmful or maybe you don't have um, all the correct information for it. Something I know uh, you were talking earlier today when we spoke about high blood pressure and all the stress we saw. You know, yeah, I, that was amazing. Brain. I couldn't get over it because last week when we had a few days off, you were doing the blood pressure game and I was like 107 over something and you said that's really great. Today I had my annual checkup and there's so many things going wrong and I'm so stressed out. It was 160. Or yeah, close to it was like the doctor said, Cynthia, what's going on? I go, oh, my God, I have to breathe. I am really stressed. <laughs> and that's something, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a small person. I've always had sort of lower blood pressure. But so I'm sure if you were to take mine today, I would have been off the charts. And a lot of things can lead to that that we don't really think of. I mean, it, it's things can always, you know, be cholesterol that. that Stress is a big thing, and we don't just realize that the stress in the next, and we, and we just sort of think it as an outside thing, but it's a really big internal factor. And that's a lot of, uh, less than five hours of sleep a night can increase um, your blood pressure, possibly up by 20 points. Your body needs rest, too. Your body is stressed. Your, your heart your heart is stressed when you're not getting enough sleep. And a lot of times what's keeping us up is we're stressed out about things. We have bills. We, you know, we're, we're out doing things. We have all these different things. And then it takes a toll on our body. And then that becomes another stress of what's going on. We go into a panic. Um, and as you know, too, the less stress you get, your body tries to um, overcompensate. And you make a stress hormone called cortisol. And that, again, is a fat stress hormone in your stomach. It's sort of that fight or flight um, that when your body gets that stress of, oh my gosh, I may not be eating, your metabolism slows down. Therefore, everything you're eating isn't digesting properly. And that's why you know, people may say, you know, I'm eating, you know, I'm, I'm eating healthy. Why am I still gaining weight? Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not losing weight. I'm just staying the same. It's a lot of it is due to cortisol stress hormones and not getting enough sleep. What is produced when you don't get enough sleep that's a big thing, too, of talking about cortisol going into the stomach, you know, what's going in. 
and definitely you always, you know, what goes in, what goes goes out, you want to be burning a lot of calories. That way you could eat a lot of calories. If you're eating more calories uh, higher than what normally you're going to gain calories, something as as we all know, when we were kids, you, know, you could just eat a tube of cookie dough and nothing affects you. Also, you were running around at recess. You, your stresses were, you know, do you eat cocoa puffs or Cheerios? And you didn't have the weight of the world. You didn't have bills. So now a lot of our jobs have gotten us more stagnant, and a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to eat as healthy, but, but we can. So things to consider, the older we get, always choose baked or fried. We know those keywords of, of grilled or say smothered, you know that's not going to be healthy, you know, smothered in health. Um, crispy, that's another, you know, keyword for fry. Try also eating um, four to six small meals a day. A lot of times people want to build up these big bulky meals, and then it's just kind of sitting in you. If you just try to have small little meals throughout the day, that keeps your body that just enough so it doesn't slow down, you know, so your car doesn't overheat, but it has enough fuel in it to keep going. Also, breakfast, I am I am huge about not eating breakfast. I know that's a big problem with me. I'm trying to get into it. But studies have shown people who eat a light breakfast every day keep weight off, maintain their less hungry throughout the day. Um, that was so- such a, an amazing, I mean, I've known this for a while, but that is such an amazing thing because so often you wake up in the morning and you're not hungry. But I guess just having a yogurt or a piece of fruit or something helps because otherwise you start binging, right? Yeah, and people, it's shown that people, that you actually should eat within 90 minutes of waking up is the off. Sometimes people wake up. I know I'm trying to get into it, trying to start with a banana or something because a lot of times I wake up and I'm just, the thought of food, especially when I get up early, just it makes me feel nauseous just thinking about eating a big thing. Just having a little piece of fruit, just something, you know, something to get the, you know, I like using the car now, you know, just, just put a little fuel in the tank, you know, just turn, just turn on the engine, just warm it up. You don't need to fill it up or anything. Just put a little bit in there to kind of get your day going. Um, and then kind of start with that, that every few hours, just putting a little bit more in, a little bit more in. Um, because that is what happens, is that your blood sugar gets really low, and that's why all of a sudden, you know, it's noon, and uh, before you see a donut, and it looks so good, and then you feel lethargic after, and you're not, and it's all these things, why we get these sugar cravings, is that our body, you know, our body starts burning up sugars and burning up fat, and it's impulsive for us that we think we need something that's going to give us that instant energy. Well, this is all great info, and we're going to have to bring more back, because Guess what? As normal, we are out of time. I think we should have a mantra. We are out of time. So just a reminder to everyone, ease into exercise, target your middle. And I would just like to add two things that I've at least read that I have to practice more that really helps with staying active is embrace the squat and uh, play like a flamingo. Try standing on one leg for 20 seconds and then the other leg and because our equilibrium needs, you know, to be ramped up. So, Heather, give out the websites. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, and I'll have to do my blood pressure maybe on Saturday, and hopefully it's less stressful and Mercury's out of retrograde and everything is working properly. So this is the good time to like deep breath in, exhale out. So when we return from break, author and writing coach John Toker will be with us to help us bring more peace to our lives through the written word. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Stay right where you are. Star, you are. 
have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop? Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thanks for staying with me on World Talk Radio, where we want you to speak up and be heard. This is Star Style. Be the star you are, and I am Cynthia Bryan. Well, if you have a great idea for a book, or you want to share your life lessons, your memories, your thoughts, where do you start? How about hiring a writing coach? Someone who can mentor you through the process. Someone who has been there and done that. Well, our guest today is somebody you know. He is that person. John Toker has been a guest on our show here before with his two books, Conflicting Sanity and LD Just Means Learning Differently. And he is now a writing coach and mentor and here to help you. Welcome back, John, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you, Cynthia. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's really great to have you back, and I'm very excited about this this new uh, service that you are offering to people. Now, first of all, I wanted to establish your credentials, because, John, you have a lot of letters after your name. Can you tell us what they mean? Uh, yes, I have a master's in education with a concentration in LDK through 12, and I have a master's in psychological services with a concentration in counseling. And actually, I have a postmasters in counseling as well. So, and, with, um, I'm actually uh, fully endorsed to teach and 
general education and uh, special education K-12 in Virginia. So this is, uh, I wanted to get that out because obviously you have been working with people for such a long time, and you've written two books, and you've got a third one on the way, and you and you blog, etc. Let's first of all talk about the two books that you have out there in the general public. You have Conflicting Sanity and LD is just means learning differently. Tell us about that because I know Conflicting Sanity is really it's very encouraging to readers because you want people to reflect on their rights versus what's happening in the world. So give uh, give our listeners a little bit of background about both of the books and what it's meant to you to be a writer, how it changed your life. Well, uh, let's start with Conflicting Sanity. Uh, that changed my life because it was like emotional oxygen to be able to write. I felt like there was a lot of issues I was trying to interpret while I was working in my first year training to be a psychotherapist. And by doing that, I converted a lot of the negative elements or confusing pieces into a kind of a concentration of positive energy. And um, it's a book that is not required reading, but it's recommended reading at a multitude of universities because it's really about looking at individual rights versus the demands of society and how we can be pushed into conformity with where the individual rights are overridden in the process. And through this book, I hope that people can read it and effectively have a book of their own simply through asking themselves questions they might not have asked themselves so they can introspect on their lives and what matters to them and how they feel empowered or need to be empowered in order to have that kind of individual freedom that really relates to the underpinning ethos of of America and other countries as well. Yeah, and it's a really important book. John was here on the show with Conflicting um, Sanity when he first launched that book. And we just had so many people that really felt they got so much out of it. And I like the fact that it is um, a, a book that people are reading in educational institutions because when you have a good book, it, it can it's it's like a, a page in a book really does change a life, doesn't it? It can give us it can inspire us to be the great people that we're meant to be. Because sometimes we feel that we're just uh, being conforming into whatever society mores are. And then LD just means learn um, just means learn differently. That's talking about different learning styles. Tell us about that one because there's a whole spectrum. Well, it exemplifies a wide range of people who have different learning issues and reflects how important it is that people do learn differently. I mean, if you think about other species, they have a variety of skills in order to survive because their demands are unpredictable as they change. And the same is with humans as well. And that if you look at some of the most accomplished people, um, and there's far more than people realize, uh, they typically uh, had some kind of learning issue, which I think is fascinating, and that the idea is that we don't necessarily want a cookie-cutter set of education. We want to leave room for a variety of learning styles and also physical issues that people have to overcome, whether it's uh, from a serious car accident and paralysis or anything else that they still contribute, that they still are part of the big picture. And it doesn't mean everything is perfect, but it does mean that 
people who think that they're out of the loop are actually key people to making the system work. You know, that's, it, that is really fascinating, especially when you say that so many of our geniuses um, or people that have gone down in history and made great inventions or whatever were at one time told that they, they would never succeed or that, you know, they had this issue or that problem. And that, the key to me is that we all do learn differently. And once we embrace the fact that there is, I, I've never liked this whole idea of standardized testing because I don't think that it shows our whole potential. Uh, everybody thinks in a different way. So the, it's a, another important book. Aldi just means learn differently. What have, what have writing these books, what has it really meant to you to write them and to have them out there and to get the response that you have? How did, how did it make you feel? And how did that segue into you wanting to become a writing coach and a mentor for others to express their ideas? Well, the writing has been very empowering. It's allowed me to uh, quell the frustrations of uh, general society, not including the empowerment of individual rights, or whether it's uh, in the first book, Conflicting Sanity with Psychological Issues, or in the second book, LD just means learn differently with uh, different ways of understanding material, that it empowered me to have an influence on society and one that I believe is for the, for the better. And I, what I want is for the wide range of people to have uh, a sense of strength to write so that they can influence the, the world in a positive way, too. I mean, at first, I enjoyed the exclusivity of defying the odds and getting into uh, Barnes & Noble and before Borders went under, you know, and book signings and finishing in New York City and everything was so uh, exciting. But after a while, what I really thought is I want everybody who has a story, a serious story to tell, to be able to to write the books. And a lot of people realistically will talk about them, but they won't actually do them unless they get added support. They can have brilliant ideas, but it's just, there's a lack of structure when they try to do it on their own, and I want to be that structure, that sounding board that empowers them to actually write these books so that they can contribute in ways that I wouldn't even have thought of. And I, I think we can have a much better society in the process. You know, I, I totally agree with you, John, because I know when I became a writer, it was out of the pain of having my father die in my arms. And I never considered myself a writer. I never thought I would write. I was an entertainer. You know, I was in the entertainment industry. But if I hadn't had that push, hey, write your story. Somebody else can learn from it. And now six books later, I can't stop writing. So having that push is really important. You, um, as a, a book writing mentor and a coach, you actually work with people and you have expectations of them because one of the things you have said that is if somebody's not expecting you to finish something, usually they don't finish it unless we have, you know, there's that saying, you know, dreams or goals with a timeline. So you give people a structure and a timeline. Tell us how you work as a writing coach. What are, what, what do you bring to the table that they're not going to be able to do on their own? Well, I analyze how they put their ideas together, whether they need to go straight into an outline or they need to kind of brainstorm about just the general underpinnings of their story. I look at uh, what they're really trying to say, and I help them focus on something in particular that is especially empowering empowering to them. Um, Sometimes people want to write about a lot of things, 
and uh, their message can get watered down. So I help them organize their thoughts. And then when it comes to even first or second draft, I start to give more feedback on basically the meter, the kind of the musical quality to words, that not just what they mean, but how they feel when they're, they're read. And I help them be careful about some of the, the, the basics as well, which is that they not repeat the same words when they're putting together a, a paragraph, that they, they mix up the wording, that they, they are careful not to restate the same thing too many times. There's still a lot of little pieces that bring it all together. How has it been so far? What, um, who are the kinds of people that are coming to you? Are they mostly students? Are they people of all ages? Because as a psychotherapist, you really can get into depth of somebody's soul and you understand characterizations. You know what's authentic. You know what's real, right? So yeah. who, wh- have you found that it, that the people that ha- want to write stories are they people you have worked with, you've met them at book signings, or they've read your book and they email you? How do you find the people? How do they find you, I guess, is the better uh, the better word. And speaking of that, let's just give out your website right now, which is www.norehearsalwriting.com. So That's if you go ahead and answer, you know, talk to that element if you could. Well, I work with a wide range of people as far as what they're writing about. Uh, probably the oldest person I, I work with was um, a, a lawyer who didn't need me for the legal side of things, but it was about dealing with the loss of a loved one and dealing with a grieving family and including that part of it when they're trying to understand how to approach them about the legal aspects. And so they had to write up a whole set of information on different scenarios, uh, whether to keep someone on life support and including uh, whether they're uh, part of a religion or not and, and how they vary as far as their demands or expectations or norms. And uh, I had another person where he had um, a story about going overseas and, and basically an adventure. And this was a, a student, a high school student who was struggling in writing, uh, he's normally straight A's, but C in, in writing is part of English. And he improved so much with his story that became very elaborate that it was a part of the basis in which he was allowed into an advanced uh, placement writing course, which allowed him to get uh, three college credits at the high school level. And then he took a second course at the advanced placement. So a total of six college credits from writing this kind of adventure story, military-based, things of that nature. And I had um, a fifth grader who wrote an incredibly elaborate story, again, struggling with writing, but then able to build his writing skills tremendously about just adventures of dragons and how they related to different uh, characters in in the story, Um, kind of a little bit like Christopher Paoloni, uh, had with tremendous, tremendous uh, pictures that went with it. Um, so the experiences have varied quite a bit. Um, I helped a, a friend of mine who, uh, who needed to build, build up his writing skills as far as his website. He's a, uh, a professional, and he needs needed to have a better presentation with his wording. So I 
helped him organize his thoughts. And there was probably about 14 pages to his website, so it was a, it was a big undertaking. So those are some examples of, of things I've done with uh, uh, people who needed help with writing. Well, and see, this is what's wonderful is that bottom line is you can help in any genre. It's anyone who wants to put pen to paper or perhaps fingers to the computer and get their thoughts out there. And there, people object all the time to writing, but you're, you, what you're saying is you can write a book, you can write a blog, you can do a website. It's, you need to write. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the writing skills, I think, are the most overlooked. Uh, I so often I hear a great emphasis on math, and I believe math is certainly important, and I also think they're interrelated in many ways. However, uh, the the writing is incredibly important, and it's what we're predominantly going to be doing as professionals in most types of work. Um, so I, I do think that if someone is serious about building their writing skills as a profession, as profession, as a professional, they need to really be looking to to write things that are of interest that in so doing build their writing skills and they have something they can show, whether it's a stronger website, um, because well-written websites are to like search engine analytics come up a lot quicker, so it, it brings in business a lot faster, or whether it's writing a book that gives a certain level of authority and added credibility to a given subject matter, uh, or it's just a matter of having them tie loose ends together as far as emotionally speaking and whether so that their families understand them better. They it's almost like a form of analysis, a form of therapy in a sense. So it can really range as to what, what the purpose is, but the underpinning is that they empower themselves by having stronger writing skills. And I, this is something that I really admire about you, John, as a writing coach, is you're not saying, hey, you're, we're going to write a bestseller. We're going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. What you're saying is we write for our personal satisfaction and to improve ourselves in both a personal atmosphere as well as a business atmosphere, which to me is the most important thing. And like you, after all these years of being a writer, you know, as great it is, as it is to do those book signings, et cetera, it gets exhausting. And the best part of being a writer is the writing, is really writing. And to have someone like you to be a writing coach, it would just be such a, a great asset for anyone who is just starting off because you'll give them support. You'll give them structure. You will give them um, expectations and timelines. Uh, let's give out your website once again so people can get in touch with you. NoRehearsalWriting.com And before um, we were going to end the segment, I know that you have another book coming out and you'll probably come back on the show when it's ready. Red Grows Green, do you want to give us a little preview of that? Uh, yes, with Red Grows Green, it's about the psychology of world peace. I know that's a big undertaking, but... Uh, I've been studying this for many years, and just to give you uh, a quick example, is that I have a multitude of analogies in it, uh, one of which I call uh, Lorenzo's democracy, and the whole idea is that uh, with Lorenzo's oil, ALD was a disorder that made the mind disintegrate. Basically, the myelin sheath would fall apart from the wrong kind of uh, fat that we have in our diets, and they... Uh, replaced it with something that would prevent that from happening. 
And what I'm saying is, is, for example, we need to purchase from companies that only give money to politicians under the condition they don't take money from special interest groups like, you know, just some of the groups that really... Like tobacco. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like right. It really pushes the everyday person out of the way. And then we have the equivalent of Amazon with uh, we rate the companies accordingly. So if, they, if the politicians get the money from people like us when we control what we purchase, then they're far less likely to be tempted to take money from special interests that shove us out of the way. And so the idea is we can get a lot more control back without trying to change Congress, because I think in the small print they're going to just keep things the way they are because the money just keeps rolling in. So the point being is is that it's an example of how we can move towards peace by having everyday people actually control what happens rather than just a handful of people who have a conflict of interest to the general public. And that's our, I think that's one of the greatest fears of our populace today is exactly what you're explaining is that there, there are a certain number of people that are truly ruling, ruling the world and it's, it's ruining our economies and our populations. So it's, it's kind of back to power to the people, right? <laughs> power to the people. Exactly. That's what we need. Well, that sounds like a fabulous book. I can't wait to read that and then do a full interview on it. So, again, you can tell that John really knows what he's talking about. He really wants to help you uh, get your ideas formulated, and he is the one that will motivate you and inspire you and, and give you a little kick in the bottom if you're not up to uh, up to speed, because that's what we all need. We need that encouragement. I guess that's a better word, whatever I- ideas. And I think it's really uh, important to know that we all have great ideas, so we have to believe in ourselves and all those possibilities. So John Toker not only is an author of two books with a third one coming up, as well as a psychotherapist and an educator, but he is a writing coach and mentor. You can find out more information, norehearsalwriting.com. And, John, uh, you are doing consultations via Skype or phone, right? So it doesn't matter where in the world anybody is. That's right. Whether it's Skype or via phone, uh, they can be anywhere in the world. That's exactly the case. That makes it wonderful. Well, as always, John, great to talk to you. You have great information, so positive, and you are making a difference. NoRehearsalWriting.com, John Toker. Also pick up a copy of each of his former books, LD Just Means Learning Differently and Conflicting Sanity. And then we'll be getting Red Grows Green pretty soon. John, thanks for being on Star Style. Be the star you are. Well, thank you, Cynthia. I really appreciate you having me on your show. It means so much to me. Well, it, it's wonderful, and it's always a pleasure. So be back in touch when your next book is ready to go, and we'll rock with that one, too. Oh, fantastic. John Toker. Really okay. com. Well, we have to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going across the pond and around the world with ex-secret agent's second thriller in the Spy Catcher series. Matthew Dunn is coming right up. Buckle up. Don't move. The star you
What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, how grateful we are that you stayed with me, Cynthia Bryan here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, as today our real-life British spy who has transformed into a real-life international best-selling author is back with us. Yes, it's Matthew Dunn. Last year at this time, he released his first novel, Spy Catcher, to rave reviews. And this season, he is following up this adrenaline rush with the second in the series, Sentinel. He's coming to us from Great Britain. Welcome back to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hey, Matthew. Hi, Cynthia. Nice to have me back on the show. Oh, I'm so excited, as I was saying to you during our break. I mean, it's literally exactly a year since you were here. And I, I know that you told me that you were in the process of writing your other books, but I, it's just amazing to me that you have, in one year, another book out, another another one in the Spycatcher novel, Sentinel. So I am so glad that you are here. This is totally a full-throttle suspense story again. Let's talk about before we get into your book. How has your year been? Has it been? How has it been for you to be a writer now? Um, it's, it's been. It, it's been. I, I'm trying to think of the right words. Actually, it's been. It's been exciting. It's been crazy. It's been chaotic. Um, it's been uh, very hard work. 
Um, it, as you say, um, uh, Tentaville has come out, um, so that's been very exciting. Um, I've also been hard at work at writing book three, which is now finished and with my publishers. Um, and um, on a personal note, I've also found time to um, get engaged. So, um, Congratulations! When's the big day? Uh, uh, very, very good year. <laughs> this is this sounds like a great year. You know what? You've birthed a lot of good things. You've birthed two books. You have a third one on the way, and a new bride. How wonderful is that? Yes, indeed. Yes. So it's, it's been it's been a, a really good year. Yeah. yeah, I think that Cochran would be really excited. <laughs> Your main I, character. I think he would, yes. He would be very excited because I think of that. I th- every time when I read one of your books, Spycatcher or Sentinel, at the bottom of his heart, I feel that he's looking for the love of his life. Yes, he is, yeah. And, and of course, you know, that's the difficult thing for him because of the nature of what he does. Right. Um, and I, I continue to explore that in the series. Well, um, and let's it talk is, about it, it the, is very hard for him, yeah. Let's talk about what it means to be an MI6 field officer. For all of our listeners who were with us last year when Matthew was on the show, you will remember for that for several years he was an MI6 officer, the recipient of a very rare personal commendation from the Secretary of State uh, for Foreign and Commonwealth Affairs for work that he did that prevented, um, a, a, well, I guess I guess you would say it was a successful, a successful mission that prevented a major international incident. Will we ever know what that international incident was, or I guess not, since it's all secret, uh, Alaska, right? Alaska, Alaska, no, no I, I can't go into details about it, but uh, suffice it to say that it, it was a very, very major incident, and um, it was um, uh, concluded um, to um, very successfully, so... Um, that was uh, that was the commendation that I received. Um, in terms of life as a, an MI6 officer, um, MI6 being the equivalent of the CIA, um, it's um, you're, you're operating on your own. I was operating deep cover, um, typically in very hostile environments uh, under different aliases. Um, I was targeted against very serious um, objectives. Uh, specifically, I was working against rogue states. Uh, and within that, the very highest echelons of uh, rogue states. Um, so it was very, very se- uh, serious work uh, and very dangerous work, obviously, as well. Um, the, the work of an operative uh, in that respect is um, very isolated. It's, it's typically very unlike uh, the way it's portrayed in some of the movies uh, and certain books. Um, you, you don't have uh, much support, if any, um, and certainly don't have the ability to call into headquarters halfway through a mission, so you're, you're operating on your own. It's quite a lonely, isolated existence um, and, and a very fraught, um, uh, dangerous existence. Um, but, of course, one is trained for that, uh, and that's what I did for, for, for many years. Well, you know, when you say one is trained for that, Matthew, it just brings to mind the idea of Spartan and your main character, your protagonist, Will Cochran, that that was in Spycatcher and continues in Sentinel, because the training I do you the training that you portray in Sentinel was so incredibly extreme. How do you how does MI6 or CIA or any secret agency and all of these Russian ones that I don't even I, I'm so glad you provided a glossary at the end because I was constantly. <laughs> 
looking to say, my gosh, what is DVGRU and what is DGSE and AKS? I mean, I didn't know what any of these things were. But what, how, what is, is the training similar to what you talk about in Sentinel? And how do you, how do these organizations identify people who are going to be able to survive it? For example, in Sentinel, you talk about being um, for the Spartan experience of being sent out into the mountains for days, and then there are all these people that are literally trying to kill you, and you have to survive. You have to disarm them. You have to think on your feet. How how do you prepare for that? Yeah, well, in terms of the um, the, the last question, in terms of selection. Um, selection is done in different ways. Um, in my day, it was impossible to apply for MI6 um, because officially the organization didn't exist. So um, I, I was headhunted um, and talent spotted at university um, by one of my university professors who was in touch with the organization. Um, thereafter, I went through a series of, of tests and interviews and, and various other um, exercises. It was the most intensive, rigorous a recruitment program, uh, including um, a security vetting program, of course. Um, nowadays, it's slightly different. The organization is a bit more visible. It has its website. You can apply openly. But nevertheless, the recruitment uh, procedure is still extremely rigorous, um, probably one of the hardest in the world in terms of um, special operations organizations. Um, um, if you are accepted uh, and of the tens of thousands who uh, apply or who are talent spotted, um, only a handful are selected. Um, once that happens, you then get through a training program um, which lasts um, six months, um, and that, again, is a part of fail program, um, and is extremely, um, extremely tough. Uh, and thereafter, you're, you're on constant uh, further training development programs. So it, it, it is very, very tough. Um, they're looking for a very particular type of person. Um, clearly, one has to be extremely intelligent, um, and have many other skills and traits um, and a huge amount of resilience. The, the idea behind the intensity of that program in terms of selection and training um, is to produce world-class spies. Um, and those individuals have to be put into situations that are extremely serious. So um, uh, that can be operating in a war zone, operating in a covert um, environment within hostile territories, deep cover or whatever. Um, but it is um, designed to produce people that can actually uh, withstand that kind of uh, uh, training and uh, environment. Well, in your newest book, Sentinel, which is a Spycatcher novel, and Spycatcher was the name of the first one where we, where Matthew Dunn introduced Will Cochran and his other uh, agents. What I found is there are agents and double agents, and then agents that recruit agents on either side and in this particular story the premise is that the UN, United States and Russia are on the brink of war mass destruction however nobody in the world really knows about it except for the Russians who are trying to perpetrate this are there things like this that are going on again when I'm reading Sentinel I'm thinking oh my gosh as a commoner I don't even know what's going on in the world because you look at the news and they're shaking hands and then there could be all this undercover stuff going on. Is this something that is a constant, even though you there are treaties signed 
that is this why we need secret agents and we have to constantly have surveillance and espionage? Yeah, yes, it is. Um, the uh, 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 obviously, in terms of the the activities of um, MI6 and CIA and other Western intelligence agencies, um, that they are tasked to get very specific objectives. They don't make uh, their own rules in terms of what they do. Um, but yes, um, yeah, they are constantly combating um, very serious threats, um, in- including um, threats from from Russia or China or from from, from the nuclear powers but also from other rogue states as well. Um, so um, those activities are ongoing, um, and most of what they do um, doesn't uh, reach the public eye. So there's a huge amount of activity, um, a huge amount of work that's done um, that does pre- uh, prevent catastrophe, uh, and that doesn't make the headlines. Um, and certainly that was the type of work that I was involved in. And this is the fascinating part of Sentinel, is because... When you're reading it, you never know who to trust. As an agent, could you ever trust anyone, or do you only trust yourself, your own instincts, your training, and just what you've, you know, your judgment at that time? When you're in the field, you only trust yourself. Um, but that, that is um, the only way to actually um, behave. Um, you're, you're, one is dealing with people, and people, of course, are complex and have different agendas. Um, and even people that are your allies, um, you're constantly reminded that things may not always be, uh, may not always seem uh, as they are. So um, you, you're always thinking on multiple levels, uh, and ultimately, one has to tr- uh, trust one's own judgment. So trust—it's it, it, a—it's a dangerous uh, and complex. Um, issue when, when you're operating. It's probably not a word that you use in that world at all. You know, I found it a, a very fascinating when I'm reading the book here, and you, there was a, I, I don't ever like to, in a novel, I don't like to give anything away, so I have to ask different kind of questions, but where somebody said, you know, I've known you all these years, 20 years, is this your real name? And as Will thinks about it, he says, Yes, he knows he's going to die, so he says yes. And I thought that must be a challenging thing to wonder, you know, if at a last moment do you ever expose yourself or do you always keep true to the character? I'm glad you picked up. I know precisely which thing you're talking about. And, and uh, um, it, it, it is a difficult one, and I wrote that, that particular line very deliberately to, to show how difficult it is because when you're running... Um, Foreign spies, as I used to do in, in the US, they're called assets. In the UK, we call them agents. But foreign spies, um, one does build up a very um, close relationship to them. Um, you know, they are your family. That they're, they're people who are men and women, um, old and young, who are um, risking their lives for you, um, and they become your family. Um, and you, you have a bond with them, which is second to none, because of course, you know, they are doing things for you, which if they were caught, they would be executed. Their family would be executed. Um, so it's an extremely close bond. Um, but of course, typically, one is operating with a different identity, a different name, different background, etc. So there is a falsity to the whole um, uh, relationship. Um, but you have to maintain that, and uh, it's extremely difficult. Yeah, that was one of the things that I thought, oh my goodness, because I felt the love and the and the connection between the two, and I thought, you know, but he has to maintain who he is until the very end because this is his this is his identity that he's created. And then, 
you know, the next scene, you're completely, he's a completely different identity and different clothes and the, the whole thing. That's what makes it so fascinating. We are talking to Matthew Dunn. The book is Sentinel. We're getting close to running out of time, time as we always do, Matthew. Have you created any websites yet? Because I know last year you didn't. Is it, I know the book will be available on all the online sites, but is there a website for Matthew Dunn or the Spy Catcher series? Do you, know, do you know, Cynthia, for all of my progress during the last year, I, I, I've still not got around to creating a website. Okay. Well, you know, now that you're now that you have your third book written, you, you have to tell the publisher. Okay, help me. You got to create this website. In any case, indeed, the indeed, two books uh, yeah, that are out uh, uh, are Spycatcher and Sentinel. And do we have a title for the third book that you can share, or is that yes, top the, secret? Well, the, the third book is provisionally entitled uh, Slingshot. Um, and uh, that takes Will into um, a further territory. He's operating again in Eastern Europe, um, and that will be coming out um, next August. Um, so, um, and that further explores his character as well. Um, well, you'll probably so, uh, be back here with that one. And just one final thing: the this the final chapter with that whole ice mountain crawl. Did you have to learn things like that? I was, I was gripping, I was just gripping with my fingernails. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, I'd like from experience. Um, that is so from experience. Know, oh my gosh, I've not seen any more. Read the book, The Sentinel. Every page is just, you're, you are clinging to the ledge. Let's leave it at that, clinging to the ledge. Sentinel, a spy catcher novel. The author is Matthew Dunn. He really is a real-life James Bond and writes as well, as other people have said, as Fleming or Le Carre as thank you. Matthew, for coming back from across the pond to in, infuse us with all this surveillance and infiltration and explosives and another really great, great novel. And I love the way that it's exciting, yet it's clean reading that anyone could read. I really appreciate that. It's positive. Thank you very much indeed, Cynthia. Thanks for having me back on the show. Oh, really enjoyed it. You have to pick up a copy of Sentinel. You will love the character, Will Cochran. And I am Cynthia Bryan. We are out of time. Matt is telling me, gotta go. I have 30 seconds. Matthew, thank you so much for being on Starstale. Thank you, all of you out there listening across the world. Be here next week with Heather, Brittany, and I. We will help you change your life and bring you great authors from across the world. Until we celebrate again, go out, make it a great day. Remember, love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name's Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Now for now. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.